Welcome back. The Tree Podcast returns after a summer filled with all kinds of crazy things. Spending time in Spain, Norway, France, Italy, uh, seeing a different part of the world, back in Canada, and back on the podcast. So my guest tonight, or today, is Eric Fitterer. He started an Instagram account to inspire other people to follow their passions and basically just an avid fan of traveling. And we talked about his travels, my travels, uh, what, what it means to us, and we ended up diving into ancestry and basically talking about different cultures and just how nice it is to be able to explore the world and, and be able to figure those things out for yourself and see them firsthand. So, without further ado, Here's myself and Eric Fitterer. Enjoy. All right. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Eric Fitterer. It's kind enough to bring a little bit of whiskey. I don't normally drink whiskey. Scotch. Scotch, yeah, real stuff. <laughs> I've been so onto rum for the past, basically my whole adult life. That I'm a rum drinker, eh? I'm more yeah. of a whiskey guy myself. Wh- whiskey tastes a little bit like sour rum to me, but yeah. this is good stuff. Yeah, it's not bad. Courtesy of Sean, so yeah. I think he gave it to me for my birthday last year, and thought this would be a good time to crack it. So well, it seems like a perfect time. Yeah. So. Where have you, let's dive right into to these <laughs> travels. Yeah. Where where have you been recently? Where have you been the last, I don't know, few years? And what kind of brought you along the, those lines? Yeah, recently, uh, no big trips. This past year we did uh, Mexico, um, just an all-inclusive, which I haven't done actually in, in years, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it was definitely different to go back to that sort of traveling after you've sort of done the backpacking yeah. thing isn't it kind of fun in a different way yeah i did the same I thing i went to dominican <laughs> I, I hadn't i've just been i've been like really traveling you know and staying with locals and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. going to a resort it was weird but yeah. good it was weird but good it was like relaxing good but at yeah. the same time i was kind of bored in a yeah. way too yeah like it, i always felt like uh it took the sense of adventure out of it mm-hmm. you know they they design these resorts so well that you, they make it so that you don't want to leave or, you know, or that mm-hmm. everything is right there and they want to encourage you to stay all your food, everything is taken care of. Right. So, yeah. and I Drinks. don't know, for, yeah. And then you just drink your face off yeah. and, <laughs> and crash on the beach all day. Right. But yeah, it was, it was really different to, to go back and do one of those after, you know, um, doing some serious like backpacking for quite a few years and uh, yeah I don't know to, to me I really didn't enjoy it as much as uh, as much as I enjoy backpacking for sure um, but big trips though I guess our biggest one there um, going back like two years now was uh, we did a big Europe trip where we decided to go uh, balls to the wall and uh, do s- seven countries in a month. So, oh, yeah. Um, which I don't recommend to anyone. <laughs> that, was yeah. a, that was a mistake, but we were kind of going for bang for your buck, right? Yeah. Um, do you know, I think the way to do that, though, yeah. is you set aside, like, two or three or four or whatever to spend the majority of your time in, mm-hmm. and then, in a, like, the remaining three or four, you just spend, like, two days in. Yeah. And you don't really get to know those ones, but you... You still get to see more countries, and then you get to have like you know the bulk of your experience and actually get to get into and know those countries. Yeah, there was there was a couple places that we spent more time in. Like uh, my girlfriend Jade, she's actually from England originally, so we ended our trip in England and spent uh, a week there, which was about the longest okay. place we stayed. Right, so that was nice, kind of relaxing after the yeah. the hustle bustle of of just hopping planes and trains and yeah. <laughs> whatever we could to get to place yeah. to place which is kind of fun but yeah there's definitely something to be said about uh 
you need some time in places, right? I mean, to only spend a few days in, in a country, yeah. you don't, you're not really fully getting a sense of what's what's there. Oh, yeah. Like I've, I've been to El Salvador yeah. for two days yeah. and basically <laughs> ate some pupusas. It still counts, though, right? It's a thing. It counts. <laughs> but it's, like, it's weird because it counts. I've been there. I've also been to, you know, Guyana. And it's like, it counts the same, mm-hmm. but I know one inside and out, and I know one two days worth. And yeah, you yeah. eat some food and stay in a little horrible hotel on the side of the road. I mean, that's kind of like, it's kind of what I was saying, where we had to do that, though, because that's, that was that, uh, we did a, a Central America trip. So fun. But to get through all those countries, I was coming from Belize down to Nicaragua, and in the middle, you know, going through Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Um, didn't spend as much time, and also didn't really want to as much, because we wanted to spend the bulk of our time in Nicaragua, go mm-hmm. surfing, meet up with some people. And so that's what we did. But on the way back, it was like, hey, we can stay for two days there and just get a little taste of it. And on the way in, we stayed in Honduras just for a night, but we mm-hmm. couch surfed, so we stayed with... Yeah. With, uh, did you use that uh, app? or that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the site. And back when it was easier to find people to stay with. But you we guys, found, have you guys had anybody stay with you here? Or? Uh, literally had a guy stay this weekend. Oh, there you go. <laughs> he was a comedian. Oh, great. And he was performing and he invited me out to the show for free and, and for a drink and stuff. And that was great. I couldn't go, but I'm going to go when he comes back the next time. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I love that site. And that, that's kind of what got me started on this whole thing. When I first started traveling, I, just, I was using that. And it was really cool in Honduras. We stayed with this woman who was dating a Honduran. And... They lived together and they had us over. And it was it was like one foot in Central America, one foot in. She was American, mm-hmm. so it was like staying with American and staying with a Honduran person. And, yeah, and it was with just, both perspectives. Yeah, and, and it was crazy because I'll never forget this. They talked about this game they used to play, and it was so morbid that they'd sit on their balcony and they had this amazing view of Tegucigalpa. That's where we we're staying, and I walked out and it was all lit up. You see the whole city, and I was like, "Wow, that's so beautiful." And she was like, it's not funny, but it's, it makes you, like, you laugh nervously because she was like, yeah, sometimes we sit out here and play a game. It's called, is it fireworks or automatic gunfire? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. 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 And they're like, what? Yeah. Like, that's a different culture right there, right? Yeah, that's uh, scary. Cause different upbringing. <laughs> well, I think it was, like, I was like the second most dangerous city in the world. And the, yeah. the most dangerous city in the world we'd have gone through earlier on that trip, but we just went right through it in San Pedro Sula. Hmm. So Honduras is like, two of the top three most dangerous cities in the whole world. Yeah. Which is nuts. Because it's a beautiful country. Well, and it's, it's unfortunate just, sometimes. It's scary. You get, you get these travel restrictions and whatever uh, political battles that are happening and yeah. uh, civil civil movements. Yeah, that gang. That was all, a lot of that was gang-related. <clears throat> right? that, that restricts you from seeing this beautiful country, yeah. right? And, um, unfortunately, yeah. But knowledge, right? That's the key because... Belize, Belize City is the fourth most dangerous city in the world. Statistically, talking about murders per capita, but it's like you you were there. Yeah, it's, you, it's, you like, get you know, in, you get out, kind of. Well, thing, but, yeah. I mean, I lived there. I lived in Belize yeah. City. You just need to be smart and not have bad luck, and just the more you know, if you understand what's going on, like most of those, the vast majority are gang related in a very specific part of the city mm-hmm. for people that have their reasons. Like no which areas to avoid. Yeah, yeah, they're not just kidnapping tourists. Yeah, they're not just coming after you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, not that nothing ever happens to tourists, but it's just you're very unlucky. You're in the wrong mm-hmm. spot at the wrong time. You know, they're not just killing tourists for no reason. Yeah. Like some people get robbed. I mean, that's like well, everywhere, I mean, though. You get robbed anywhere. You get robbed in the States. You get robbed in Calgary. You look at uh, even the Mexican resorts, though, too. There's people getting murdered there, right? Well, so, yeah. The, the so, and that's like the most yeah. popular tourist destination, I'd say, for... For most of America, right? Is yeah. down to Mexico and yeah. their resorts. Canada, you just it's cheap. Hop right down. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it should ever restrict you from going somewhere, to, depending on how bad yeah, you it really is, right? I mean, you gotta see yeah. what, what it's like at that moment. Yeah. And that's what I was saying about Belize. And outside of Belize City, it's just a wonderful place. And there's oh, very great. little yeah. very little safety issues. Even in the city, if you're on the north side, if you're in any of the areas that go to the keys like any, any of the boat or um the small plane uh the, the municipal airport mm-hmm. and we're around there like it's not bad at all and yeah you, you can re- it would be terrible if you missed out on the country of Belize because yeah, exactly. you're so scared <laughs> uh, based on a statistic that 
if misinterpreted, you yeah. could see him worse than it is. I think that does restrict a lot of people from, from traveling in new pl- places, though. They stick with kind of what they know and what they feel comfortable oh. is safe, right? Yeah. And they don't they don't branch out off that beaten path because yeah. of that. And that's the unfortunate part because there's so much to see, you know? And it lingers. And, and you know what? That's I've the never, worst part. I've never had an experience when I was traveling where I actually felt unsafe. Like, I've had some maybe some weird uh, cases that... Yeah. It was just odd, like for instance, for instance, on our trip to Thailand, it was our last day in uh, Bangkok, and we were on Koh San Road. We were just like desperate for a cab to the airport, and so couldn't find anyone. And then we found this guy who wasn't even wearing a a cab uniform or anything, and he like basically lured us down the street to his car that wasn't a cab. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, my girlfriend wasn't too enthused about it, but we got in anyway, and then on the way there to the airport, like, we had our map out, so you could tell that he was actually going the right way, at least, and then he pulled out a a straight razor, but then he started dry shaving himself while he was driving, and both of us were sitting in the backseat, like, okay, this is pretty odd, like, he's pulling out a blade, but he's driving, and... I don't know anyone who dry shapes too, so it's just odd, right? But uh, it was an odd circumstance, but I didn't really feel threatened, you know? I still felt like, yeah, and he just took us to the airport and it was fine, right? So, um, yeah, you know, to let fear be a a factor of restricting you from going to see something new and something exciting, it's unfortunate, right? It is, yeah, you need to weigh each individual circumstance, I think, but... Yeah, I mean, you're not going to go turn tourist and go to Syria and... Yeah, Yeah, that's so sad to me. I really wanted to see that country, but that country's no longer there, Mm -hmm. the the way it was. But the the most... I felt unsafe one time only. That was in Guatemala, on the Marine border. That was one of the scariest times of my whole life. That... That border was a little bit sketchy. Yeah, at remember, night yeah. when it's yeah. shut down, and yeah. there's guys there waiting yeah. for people like us to show up, not knowing it was closed, because we asked somebody mm. in the town before if it was open all night, and he said, yeah. That was just a terrible experience. I was with my sister and her boyfriend, John, <laughs> and Taylor, um, Jordan's friend. It was, it was very scary man I, I never i trust everybody i've never been that scared right it's usually you kind of feel maybe like heightened sometimes your mm-hmm. sense of like mm-hmm. okay i need to be more awareness aware. yeah. yeah but this is the only time i was like actually scared mm-hmm. and actually feared for my safety and yeah didn't trust these guys at all and neither did the guatemalan army mm-hmm. protected us with their ak-47s and surrounded us and basically had a, a standoff with these guys across the street and the the tension was very was, <laughs> man i was like if, if bullets are flying this is where we're running because we we're at the border like we couldn't actually cross and then uh, like a few days later i was telling someone about this and they're like oh why don't you just cross the river illegally and go back and get your stamp the next day and i was like <laughs> it was dark <laughs> i didn't think to do that in the dark i just we arrived at the border these guys came basically swarmed us right when we got out of the taxi yeah. so yeah, I, I remember oh, yeah. Uh, I crossed that border in the day, which I think is probably a better option anyway, yeah. but uh, it just seemed very disorganized and like you didn't, you'd have to like hand over your passport for them to like s- stamp it and they'd like take it away and like look at it and you didn't yeah. know whether you were going to get it back or not. And, no. and yeah, everyone's standing around with guns and stuff, but yeah. but then you cross the border and, and it's, it's like the most amazing place like, ever, right? Oh, yeah. And Kyle, it was the yeah. most part of Belize, yeah. yeah. I mean, some guys would would go to that town, Melchor, just to hang out and stuff, because mm-hmm. the beer was cheaper, <laughs> just for the day. Yeah, and it's cool in the day, and I mean, maybe nothing would have happened that night, but I highly doubt it, given the circumstance of yeah. what transpired. Yeah, and that could just be one night of yeah. you know bad luck, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you know the craziest border crossing I had though was? It's a tie between from Western Sahara into Mauritania, and then from Mauritania into Senegal were both two craziest borders I ever crossed. So kind of like what you just said, how you have to hand over your passport. Mm-hmm. But we went a step further, and this random dude who was, I think he was Senegalese, but we were at 
in Mauritania still at the border, and he was like in broken English because they speak French and Arabic. <laughs> but he was speaking. I think he spoke French, which is why I think he was sending food. And he was like, "Give me your passport, and I'll deal with all the stuff for you, and you can get in." Because it's like all in French and blah blah blah. And uh, I was with my buddy Paul, this little American guy who never really traveled much. I just dragged him with me through Africa, which is pretty cool. And we just gave this guy our passports, and he just disappeared for two hours. <laughs> oh God, just gone. Yeah. And Paul, he was having a rough time; like his stomach was hurting. He, we'd been there already for like two, two weeks and a little bit. And he was like, "I don't even care, man." He's like, "I don't care if he doesn't come back." I don't care. Like, yeah. this is it. This is it. Like, whatever. And I was like, no, don't worry. Like, he'll come back. And sure enough, he did. It took a while, but then we came right in, got our picture taken, because we pre-applied for our visas, but they like processed it there, and sent us on our way. And buddy was just waiting. We gave him a little tip. We we're like, thanks, man. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. There's those yeah. circumstances that are maybe not what you typically find in our culture on like you wouldn't ever take someone's passport away from them and say hey i'm gonna get yeah. you through the border yeah. here right that would never happen you know but uh yeah it's not not normal but it's, it's more normal and yeah it's a common thing that's the thing places, i wonder if it's right? because we'd already been going through and been exposed to stuff like that yeah. that it was kind of like i didn't really think too much yeah about it. i was like yeah sure like yeah. here you go it's gonna work whereas like maybe if that was the first stop Mm -hmm. I'd never traveled before, I doubt I would have done that. If I yeah. just came from Canada and I flew to Newark shot and then drove south to the border and this guy said that, I'd be like, no. Yeah. I'd be holding <laughs> Not that thing. A chance, yeah. First of all, I'd probably be crying. Yeah. Be like, what, what am I doing in the middle of the desert? That's why you always got to uh, scan your passport, though, at least have a photocopy of it, right? Did you do that? Uh, yeah, I have like a tattered one. That or even like I a, need pic a picture one. on your phone, yeah, too. I need right? another yeah. one. Yeah. But the, the border right before that, when we crossed from. Western Sahara into Mauritania. It wasn't as like crazy like that, giving up the trust, but it was kind of, it was pretty crazy because there's a minefield. There's a no man's land, <laughs> right? And so you leave Western Sahara and you haven't entered Mauritania. You're in a literal no man's land with no laws. Like you kill someone there and there's nothing, no one can prosecute you. Yeah. There's no laws. And people just like hang out in there and they like want to change your money and they like say a bunch of stuff in French or Arabic. I didn't understand anything. My French is very, very limited. Like, <laughs> terrible for Canadian standards. And I somehow, I don't, first of all, I don't know how we got to the border because our taxi driver that we ended up going with all the way from Dakla, all the way from Layoun, actually. We went with him from Layoun to Dakla all the way to the border, which is like the equivalent of going from Calgary to like Winnipeg. And he only spoke Arabic. So we couldn't even talk. We couldn't say yes and no to each other. Like, it was, it was nothing. And we, he dropped us off at the border, and then I managed to talk to some guy in French. Like I said, I can't even speak French at all. Asking for a ride, and I said we'd pay him like 20 bucks, and he drove us all the way to Nouakchott, which is like from here to Ed, like further than Edmonton, yeah. all the way to like Lloydminster or something. And so we crossed, we left West Sahara. We're in the no man's land. We can't get back in. All we can do is go forward, but there's a minefield in front of us. We don't know how to navigate it. You could literally blow up. And I made a deal with this guy. I don't even know if what I said was right. And I don't even know what kind of car he's in. $20 ride, yeah. right? <laughs> so we're waiting. And I don't even know what the guy looks like. And Paul's like, what's this guy looking yeah. like? I was like, I don't, I don't know. He's like, that's like, Mauritania. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if he's in the vehicle with you, at least you know that he's not going to try and blow up. Too, yeah, right? exactly. So, but that's the thing. But we're so, I'm sitting there scanning every vehicle because that him because mm -hmm. I don't want him to go by us. Yeah. I don't know what to do. And he comes by and he's in a semi-truck. Yeah. And... He like honks the horn, we get in, so we get a ride in like the semi truck delivering goods. And the guy's paying off uh, like whatever guards along the way or officers, I don't know what they were. He's like giving everyone bribes or passage fees or whatever to get this cargo going. He's making food for us in the cab. He's speaking French to me the whole time. I, I understand like one out of every ten words. Yeah. It's like we oui, we oui. like just uh, yeah. Kind of weird a different way. Mm -hmm. Like the potential to blow up, but not a, no sinister feelings at all like there's no there's no problem with any of the people there at all yeah it's more like the landscape yeah i mean this is all kind of the darker side side of what what could potentially go wrong or you know what those uncomfortable feelings right but the, there's the whole other side of that like uh you know like what's the what's the top country on your list for travel like the one that you've either gone to the most or that you just enjoy the most for me it's belize yeah uh and then guyana 
was right there too. Guyana, I want to go to maybe more right now because I haven't been there yeah. as and much or or as recently. Um, and then Jamaica's like those three countries are my my places. Then Spain, I also love. Yeah. And Senegal was amazing. I mean, I could go on and on, but. And you but, did you did a recent uh, excursion to Belize, didn't? Was it Belize? Belize is a while. I was in Spain for like five months this summer. Yeah. Really cool. For like four months, spent a month in Norway out of that time. Um, but where I want to go the most right now is Ethiopia and Iran. My top two. Iran. Yeah, I want to see both those countries. I just heard Iran, Persian. I guess <laughs> people from there like to be called Persians. From what I understand, I haven't met too many people from there, but what I've heard yeah. is they're the most welcoming, hospitable people in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reputation. If you go there, it's like people will offer you to stay with them and just like tea all the time, yeah. and just like it just seems like such a cool culture. And it's kind of labeled as this. <clears throat> it's got a bad rap, yeah, sure, because right? of yeah. government or because yeah. of their, you know, the religious leaders there, mm-hmm. not the people. Mm-hmm. And just from the few people I have met from there, and from everything I've heard about people from there, it seems amazing. And Ethiopia too. I mean, there's a lot of Ethiopian people in Calgary, mm-hmm. and the food is unreal, and just seems like a great place yeah. to to go see. Because that's the other thing too. Is like you don't. I like to see places where I know a little bit about, like enough to pique my interest. But I want to go experience them firsthand mm-hmm. without going with these preconceived notions of being like, oh, why isn't it like this? It should be like this, or yeah. looking for something specific. Like yeah, do you you know what it's like too? Like I mean, every time I go and travel a new country, I always have this preconceived notion about what it's going to be like yeah. maybe like compare it to like uh you know when you've been listening to a radio host for a long while yeah. but you never know what they look like oh yeah and then, that's and, cool and then you see what they look like and you're like oh what that's so weird right yeah you feel like you know them but but really you don't you know and that's interesting i've never like, heard it put that way and that's kind of what i feel like uh seeing a new country is right because you always you, you look at all these photos and everything yeah. right maps and everything but until you're there you have no idea what it's going to be like right what the people are going to be like what the culture is going to yeah. be like the environment like, yeah or you meet people who are canadian yeah from like their parents are from there and they're canadian or whatever but then like it's yeah. different there right because like, then you know in calgary there's people from all over the world well, if you go it's, it's just like sometimes it's not the same as like the people you know like, yeah. that's not a they like i'm not a good representation of a canadian if you meet me abroad and you think that this is what Canada is like, you're missing out on a whole lot. Like, yeah. like play hockey or snowboard or listen to country music. Well, like, I mean, we seem to have a, yeah, they, most people like Canadians for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> so we're do, yeah. doing something right. We have a, yeah. Yeah, Canadians have a rep without, like, yeah. you don't need me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, if you were to base it off me, it would be like, yeah, this is, you'd have a much different experience coming here mm-hmm. than what I would show you like, based on who I am. But there's this whole, like, uh, backpacking community too you know wherever every place i've traveled it seems like there's there's always a kind of like the backpackers route too you know and just this yeah. group of people from all over the place and yeah that's it's like one one thing i really like about traveling too right is that like you know back home you have all your responsibilities you have your job you have your family you have all this stuff that you do yeah. and that kind of like you tie that to your identity on like who you are yeah. as a person and then but when you travel it's, no one no one really cares about that no one, they they ask where you're from but they don't really ask about your personal life back home 90% yeah. of the time what they're asking is where you've been and where you're going to right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all that all that stuff that you were back home is like yeah. not, you can just you can you're just a traveler yeah. now right and you it's just so join true. the join the group and you know, and you always meet people and then end up, like, traveling together yeah. with them. And, and then you get to know them. Then you yeah. start asking those things. Because it's like, you yeah. can't do that to everybody. You can't invest enough time and energy into the, like, 150 people you meet each time you go through mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it, it's so funny, though. One thing I've learned is that, like, you are who you are. And you can change through hard work and, or through realizing stuff about yourself or just over time. But... You can't instantly change. You can fool people for a night or something, right? So you can meet people, and you could, they could think you're one way, but you're not actually that way. But if you start traveling with those people, and they start to get to know you a little bit, mm-hmm. they get to know you. And I've realized this because everywhere I've gone, people that I've spent some time with, people have come to the same basic conclusions about me. Like, mm-hmm. slightly differing, but friends that I've made in Belize would talk to 
you know, friends I have from back home and talk to friends I have from around Europe, and they could all talk about me and basically think I'm the same person, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool, because you're not, you're not being a different person based on where you it's are. Like the truest you, yeah. right? You're just being you because you're shedding like, all that. You're shedding all that responsibility and everything else you yeah, have tied to like you. You know, can't even you, get away from it. You, you almost want. like get to get to know yourself better in that way by traveling, right? And you know, you're putting yourself in new experiences, new environments. You have, you know. You get lost, you get frustrated, you're like yeah. jumping on the wrong train or whatever else, yeah. right? And like, it's all these new experiences. You're having to explore, or read maps, and like, you know, it really uh, drives you down to your core yeah. of like who you are as a person and how do you react to this sort of new environment yeah. and and that you're, you're not familiar with, right? And, and then you grow yeah. from it, and yeah. that's where that, like, the real change comes from, yeah. where you're not just putting on an act. It's like, no, you're actually getting better at dealing with stuff because you're being exposed to this and mm-hmm. that kind of changes your character at that base level and it's in a positive way for the most part yeah. well that and getting exposed to other cultures too right and like, oh that's huge that's that's probably one of the biggest things too is just seeing how the rest of the world lives you know like yeah we we're so stuck in this like nine to five mind of you know go to work you know day in day out but like people's people's regular day is so much different depending on where you are in the world yeah. right oh yeah <laughs> just like you see the news here yeah. it says oh the world is this way oh the world is this yeah. and it's like you're not talking about the world you're talking about this community yeah mainly and you know maybe this country maybe this continent mm-hmm. but the most you're not talking about the world you know if, if you want to go to sarama village you tell me they yeah the same, exactly. they have the same worries that yeah it's not it's i mean some of the same worries because like the coolest thing i think i've discovered through all my travels though was that in those villages it's just like regular life the people still have facebook you know people it's not like you see on national geographic it's like these uncontacted tribes it's yeah. like they're just they're just like rural canada but it's rural guyana they live mm-hmm. in a village instead of a small town and they just they have these more simple houses and stuff because they just mm-hmm. prefer to that and it just it just works better yeah. for the situation i mean i'm sure like who wouldn't want to live in a mansion if you could, but it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like it just doesn't work. Yeah. But I was going to ask you what you were saying before, and it's really, I think, a really cool idea. When you said you had that preconceived notion. Have you ever gone to any countries without knowing anything about them on purpose for that direct experience? So you, you go in with no idea what to expect, and then you just experience it. And then after you experience it, you can go read up on it or see, kind of yeah. do it backwards. And then you kind of, you get exposed to yeah. a more real sense without yourself interfering. Mm-hmm. I'd say the closest that I've come to that was when I traveled to Belize and Guatemala because we didn't book anything. All we booked was our flight to uh, Belize City and then our flight out of Guatemala City and, you know, a three-week period in between. So everything, nothing was decided. And the only research we had really done was like a map and like what, what's a decent place to go to, right? So we just literally had no place to stay, got out on, you know, in Belize City, caught a cab to the pier and then got on a boat to Key Cockler and then we're literally asking people when we got there, so where do we stay, right? And That's the best. So, and because of that, I mean... I mean, our type of traveling has kind of changed where we've, we've, I've structured things sometimes, you know, and planned things yeah. out. And, but there was something really freeing about not knowing where you were going to stay. And we ended up finding a lot of cool places to sleep yeah. because of that. Yeah. Um, like, uh, when we got into Guatemala, we stayed in Sumac Champe. Oh yeah. And <laughs> again, we got just took a bus there and then when we got there where's a good place to stay and they said this place called the sanctuary right and whatever we hop on this pickup truck in the back of it and we go through the mountains into this place and there's this huge like balcony place that overlooks the river there and then um it was like no electricity at this place we slept in hammocks underneath the stars for three dollars a night (laughs) They had, like, beers chilled in in coolers, and then they had, like, vegan uh, communal meals at big picnic tables on this balcony. And I was like, we would have never found this place if it wasn't for just 
going with the flow and, yeah. and taking it where it took us, right? So that's cool. So you, you, you heard of the place, like Simon Champagne, like yeah. someone told you about that. So Yeah, kind of like the say, route, right? We knew in. we had to get to Guatemala City, right? So we yeah. knew that we needed, we were going to be going down that way. So you thought, knew like kind of roughly like what you should check out, but then but nothing about it. You just go and yeah. figure it out when you go. That, that's and a lot good. of that was just yeah. from what people were telling us too. Like you should go here. Yeah. Right? Champagne. I had this is really weird. There was two two guys independently who didn't know each other at all mm-hmm. tell me that Champagne was their the craziest place on earth yeah. they've ever seen. Within like a few months of each other, and they just said this out of nowhere. I didn't mention yeah. it, and I was just like, "Wow, I need to go see this place." And I never did. I missed no. it. I didn't. I didn't. That's unbelievable. So that's part of the downside of not structuring yeah. your time. It's yeah. like both times I went through. I guess I only went through Guatemala once, up from Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go from Guatemala City to Belize once, uh, on a separate trip. But I just basically stayed in Guatemala City, and then I went straight into Belize. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't stop along the way. But yeah, it just, sometimes you don't structure it, then you don't get to see certain things. So it's kind of, certain things are really worth it to yeah. make sure you go see it. So one day, I'd still like to see that. I heard it was amazing. But. Yeah, so, I mean, I've had that type of trip, but then our Europe trip was very structured. You know, we had nine flights within our month, yeah. right, to different places and a bunch of train rides. And, you know, we wanted to see all the major yeah. highlights in Italy. You yeah, know? That, exactly. <laughs> That's right there. Yeah, make sure you see the, the stuff. Sistine Chapel and, you know, yeah, you, Leaning you Tower. Yeah, you need to see that stuff. Venice and, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really weird, though, because, uh, so I just went to Rome in October, and I'd been there twice already. So I'd already seen all the stuff. But, I mean, the Colosseum is so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I can see that every day. Yeah. I, I, I would love to live right by there and look at it every day. But... It was a really cool feeling going again and having already seen the stuff it wasn't i didn't feel that same kind of like pressure to yeah the pressure like we have to it was like hey let's yeah, just yeah. go and if we let's just let's just go and look at it mm-hmm. for a little bit and then we can leave like we don't need to go see every square inch we don't need yeah. to take the tour or whatever even though we did take a tour because i was with three guys who hadn't seen it before mm-hmm. but i was like cool like i learned something new and then i got to enjoy rome in a totally different way mm-hmm. that i never had before because I because the pressure's off right? yeah i didn't yeah. focus on those things and yeah. we ended up it was one of the most fun nights ever. We just sat right beside the Pantheon mm-hmm. and just drank bottle after bottle of wine, just meeting <laughs> random people and just just yeah. sitting there chilling out. And it was just one of those things you don't plan and it, it was just it doesn't sound like much, but the feeling was incredible. Mm-hmm. One in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truth, right? Yeah. We saw a uh, red hot chili peppers cover band in, in Rome <laughs> that was unreal. That was one night actually. Yeah. yeah. I there's something to do with that that planning but you know there's only there's only two places i've ever went to where i knew more or less nothing about them and stayed ignorant on purpose to try to experience the country firsthand Mm -hmm. and one was uruguay and all i knew was i I took a history latin america a couple courses in that university i knew about montevideo like was the capital and that's about it and some some history like some early history about the formation the boundaries the political boundaries and stuff but i knew nothing about the like, contemporary culture and instead of reading up on it i was like i'm gonna go just check it out immerse yourself huh? yeah and it was it was good it was just chill it was kind of a nice place first country in the world to legalize weed uh, great leader their president lived in like a regular house in like a suburban neighborhood <laughs> and just incredibly safe and and just yeah mellow and then mauritania was the other one that was, I don't even know how I'd put it. I had a great experience there. It seemed like a great country. I, I loved it. I stayed with one of the wealthiest families. I did couch surfing again. And went to the market. I ended up in this drum circle doing freestyle rap. And the whole market came to watch. And we're like cheering. It was a great experience. So fun. It just seemed like a great place. I loved it. Then I went and researched it afterwards and found out it's like one of the most oppressive places on earth for women. They, they like feed, they take these girls to the desert and feed them camel milk till they throw up to make them fat because it's beauty is tied to uh, how heavy you are. And like, you know, the more you weigh, the more attractive you are in the culture and stuff. And, and instead of just striving for that, if you want, they like force their daughters to do those. And, and just slavery was outlawed in 2008. 
Canada. Pretty sure the family we stayed with had slaves, like from Senegal. I thought they were like servants who worked for the wealthy family. I'm pretty sure they were actually slaves. I think like, there was all this crazy. Yeah, that's weird to find out after the fact, yeah. right? And be like, yeah, think like, think back to your whole time. Yeah, there like, and be like, wait this a second, amazing. I loved it, and then be like, oh wait, yeah. this is actually like a yeah. messed up country that's that's having. To but did it seem that way? While Not at all. There? Not yeah. at all. I had a great. But again, this is kind of what we talked about before. I was there for three, four days. Yeah, I didn't get into it. I didn't. Yeah. And the person I stayed with. She went over there as a missionary, like a Christian missionary, mm-hmm. but she converted Islam. Like the worst missionary ever. She went over. <laughs> Someone like converted her. her yeah, when she, got she called her family. She's like, sorry, I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Muslim now. And they're like, her family was in the church. Yeah. They were so mad. It was just, it was funny. But so she had this kind of, and she loved the country. And I'm not saying you can't love the country. It's mm-hmm. just that she didn't help expose any of these things, except for the being the larger you are, the more attractive you are. Mm-hmm. Cause she was saying like, oh my, uh, she got adopted by this family basically after she, she like wanted nothing to do with her family after she converted, they like took her in and she was like, oh yeah, my stepsister is like so beautiful and all this stuff. And she was like, you know, over 300 pounds, mm-hmm. but she, she adopted this yeah, like way of looking at it. That's a culture like, shock too. Yeah. Right? She's, like, our, she's so our... beautiful. And I was like, but, but you grew up in America yeah. where that's not the standard. So like, have you actually changed your standard or are you just saying that to fit in? I don't know, but it was just not what you're expecting because you're speaking yeah. to an American person. But that was just the only thing I even knew about the, like this kind of different mm-hmm. culture or the way the country was because she was she loved it. Yeah. And like I said, I loved it too. Maybe I still would have loved it if I was staying with a wealthy family and weren't, weren't exposed to that stuff. Yeah. But it was hard to... I imagine if you would have spent more time, you would have seen some indication so. of that. I think so. And, and just being the way I am, I can't pretend something is one way. So mm-hmm. I can't be like... Oh yeah, everything's great when I know it's not. Even yeah. if it seems like it's great, I'll be like, but yeah. I know. Maybe there's... it's almost better that you didn't know then, right? Yeah. Because then you would have maybe been judging the people who were exactly. So cool. I went beforehand, I would have went in, and been like, let's get out of here. This is horrible. Here. So yeah. that's why I'm, I am. I do like when you can have that direct experience, yeah. which you can't always do, and it's not always good to be ignorant. Sometimes it's good to know, so you don't yeah. go in and you know have a full pause or something. But once in a while, it's just a cool thing because there's so so little of that direct experience nowadays mm-hmm. you don't get that very often because you're kind of either you're planning what you want to do or you just you know i i just love geography and i read a lot about these countries so even mm-hmm. if i don't know a lot about it i would just know some basic stuff it just so happened mauritania was like not something i knew a lot about so it worked out well but yeah that just goes back to what i was saying too about the, the all-inclusives right like if <laughs> if you go to mexico and and all you stay in a resort that's you know catering to your every need and they have you know shows every night where they get people up singing and dancing and stuff and you think that that's what mexican culture is like you're very yeah you're missing it completely yeah. right and it's, well, especially it's, mexico yeah mexico is such a diverse culture yeah i mean not in the same way that like canada is but in the way that like there's just there's people that are that are kind of like that stereotypical mexican but mm-hmm. there's people who are also just like work a nine to five office job and have like make a lot of money. And there's mm-hmm. people that are just backpackers just want to chill a little off the land. There's people that are more there's like cartel and then everything. Know, and yeah. It's a, it's a great, it's a big country. People, there's 180 million, 150 million people, 130 people, million, something like that. People getting hung from bridges from the cartel. Did you hear about that? No. Yeah. Like just getting left on a, on an overpass. Wow. Stuff like, yeah. So it's, can be a crazy place but yeah i mean it's one of the most popular tourist destinations for us right yeah uh, speaking of being being ignorant did you did you hear about that one missionary that went over oh yeah uh yeah that untouched um uncontacted island yeah where it's known if any outsiders (laughs) go there they get killed yeah who thought he could be different yeah that's that's uh that's a weird kind of ignorance though yeah (laughs) that that's like you weren't even ignorant. You, you knew, but you thought you were better than it, or that you could, that you wouldn't be affected by it. And they, God could, they could protect care. him or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that a place like that still exists, though, right? That's yeah. that's maintained their uh, their yeah, separation that, from everything, right? And uh-huh. they were actually saying that if um, there was contact, that their immune systems would be so different oh, than yeah. ours that you'd risk wiping out the entire island just by stepping yeah. foot on there. Yeah. Yeah. 
And well, that's what happened way back in early. Which is crazy to think right? about, right? Yeah, you know that they've been season. separated for that long. You know. I'm very curious to know. You'd almost means. like develop into a, a separate that's species at, at one point, wouldn't you? How long yeah. will it take before yeah. before you'd see some noticeable difference? How long would it take before the people on that island would not be able to conceive a child with other human beings? How long would that take? Well, uh, probably millions of years for that, though, right? But I don't, I don't know because the whole Darwin's whole thing on the Galapagos. Apparently, it took a lot less time than than we think of right now for how long it takes for for species to become different enough mm-hmm. that they're considered a different species. Like it, it's a lot less. Uh, like speaking in generations, right? Because like time, it only matters how many generations you have, right? The next, because the offspring, and then and when you reproduce. Yeah, but when you think of how long, I when you think of humans, though, like there was a part there where we were mating with Neanderthals for a long while and we were considered separate species, right? And that's why there's genetic traits that go back to Neanderthal, right? I think red hair is actually tied to, tied to Neanderthal. Well, Europeans are, are, uh, majority, or no, Europeans have more Neanderthal DNA than any other group. So European and, so I don't know, it would take a very long time for something like that to happen where it would be different enough, right? Have you had your DNA done? No, oh. no. I did that. Uh, yeah, I have. What'd you find out? I have two point two or two point three percent Neanderthal DNA, and the oh. average is like three. Oh yeah. Because it only Europeans are mm-hmm. are uh, have Neanderthal. African people don't. Yeah. So you know, my my dad, through his dad, is of African descent. So there's no Neanderthal DNA mm-hmm. through there at all. But then through my dad's mom, and then through my mom, and all, both her parents. We have just regular European DNA. It's really interesting that we're able to do that now, too. Right? It's crazy. And like, there, How much? There used to be, yeah. like, even the family tree thing, too. That That's probably almost what I'd like to do more than even the 23andMe thing, is, like, get the actual family tree and trace it back. And see how Cause you can similar even, it is to the You can DNA. even get records of, like, when your ancestors came overseas and, like, how much yeah. money they had on them at the yeah. time. And, yeah, I have a buddy who got that. And it's, like, yeah. pretty interesting, right? And, well, that's the thing, on, on my mom's side, like, so through her dad, so through my grandpa, yeah. his family, they've kept records from England since, like, the 1500s, yeah. and they have other, like, not, I don't know if they're official or whatever, but they have an idea of where they came from, from, like, the year 1000, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on my dad's side, it stops at him. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know beyond that. And then So, it's, it's just, like, I have this whole one side of the family tree, which is so full, and one side that has just yeah. started. Like, with my last name, I only know, like, my dad and my sister and me are the only three I know that have my last name. Because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't go back. Mine's, yeah, mine's very rare, too. Only, like, a few fitters in Canada. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've never heard it anywhere else. Yeah, it's pretty rare. I've, yeah. So, it's, it's stra- strange that you can, you know, and then... Everyone has a certain percentage of like Genghis Khan yeah. gene within That's them too, crazy. right? Like, wow. you had so many sons and daughters that yeah. it can be traced back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you know the craziest thing that I found out though? I had I had to deduce this because it doesn't say it exactly, but so I've always figured, you know, how you go through your your dad's lineage usually. Like, I don't know if you're a male, it just seems to be that. It's like mm-hmm. your father and his father, or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're a female, maybe your mother and her mother. And it just seems to be that way. So I always thought it was, I, I just always assumed, because my dad's half black, half white, that his dad was, his dad's black. So I was like, oh, that just goes back to Africa. So I'm through, through the male side of my family, it goes back to Africa, mm-hmm. to the, the fatherland, right? And then through my mom's side, and through my dad's mom's side, it's all European. But based on how my DNA is broken down, and the fact that if you look at the haploid group, which is where your father um, comes from, from way back, they explain on the 23 me, but mm-hmm. it's of European descent because my, my dad's dad wasn't full. He wasn't African. He was mm-hmm. American black. So mm-hmm. he had whatever percentage of European in him, like 20% or something. So what I figured out through looking at his numbers though, after a while was that if my, if the haploid size, so if we go back to all the, the forefathers ends up in Europe, that means that somewhere along the line, and this was around like, I don't know, a couple hundred years ago, 
there was a, a European descent or European who came over to America uh, who had a child with a black woman, mm. right? That was that came from my father's side, and then that child was with someone else who was of African descent, whatever. So it stands to reason that most likely that was a slave owner and a slave, which is what I'm descended from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> which is crazy. That's so weird. To it's think crazy about that, that though, so one part of my family. Yeah. So I always figured there was there was one side of my family that was always descended of slaves because it was American, mm-hmm. black, like African American, literally. And then all, but all the European side, like on my mom's side, were like Irish, or like, you know, British, but they weren't from the elites or anything, so they weren't people who would have owned slaves. So I was always like, oh, in my ancestry, we actually only had slaves and never any slave owners, yeah. because all the European people were too poor to own slaves, and all the black people obviously were. But it turns out, in the same lineage, there was most likely both. Which was just weird to, to yeah. never have thought about Both that my whole life. And then being like, wow, that that's probably what happened? I mean, you can't know for sure, but that's what the evidence is pointing to. Yeah, and there's there's kind of like two sides to um, that, though, too. Like, some people are saying, like, a lot of people get, like, too into the fact that they have certain dis- descendants, you know, or, like, descended from a certain area that they didn't know and get, like, too involved and almost, like... yeah change who they are based on on what they find out right but but then there's like the interesting side of of like understanding where it all how it all came to like yeah being here and and, and so true i think as long as you keep it interesting and not make an identity out of it yeah not make an identity but like it's just it is interesting though yeah and like it encourages you to research the history behind it right and that's that's the interesting side of it right yeah because we go back far enough we all came from canada every single human being mm-hmm. and the crazy thing to me i heard richard dawkins talk about this if you look at your so again if you want to go through your father's side or your mother's side whichever but let's say let's say let's take like my let's go with my father like the male side of my family so i went to like my dad who looks like you know decently like me but his dad which looks like like him but like everyone's just slightly darker right to a point where then it'll look weird because then that father would be white all of a sudden and then we go back even further and then it would go back to being black because it would go back to Africa then if you kept going if you went back a million generations one million generations and you had a picture of each so my father then a picture of his father a picture of his father a picture of his father one million times do you know what that would be a picture of a fish a fish Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I was thinking a million because, times quite far. Yeah, but, a million yeah. generations. Yeah. That, but it's so gradual that yeah. you would look at the million generation and you look at like two generations back and uh, be like, how the hell do you get this from that? And you'd hold but, it up and say, hey, it yeah, along the way, kind of looks like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird yeah. if there was some resemblance at all. But, but it's so gradual that it, if, you, if you ever looked at any two side-by-side pictures, they would never look that different. But meanwhile, the end one and the beginning one are yeah. so different. It's yeah. literally a different. It's it's the different. It might even family. be farther back than fish, to be honest. Like, well, well he's yeah. Richard Dawkins <laughs> said it was a million years. That that's like million years or a million sorry, generations, million generations, right? Yeah. Million generations. Yeah. A million years we're slave. Yeah. A million generations. He said yeah. is what is what he's. Yeah. And maybe it's a bit more. I don't know. Maybe it's less. At some point, but just be a bacteria. Yeah. Right? I ha- yeah. That's <laughs> single-celled thing. organism, right? That's been my thing lately. Well. With, with what's going on in the world right now and everyone freaking out about how horrible human beings are. I'm like, we evolved from single-celled organisms yeah. and there's, so no, did everything, though, there's right? no blueprint for life, yeah. though. We're doing pretty good considering what we came from. Yeah. Like, there's what's guiding us is just us together. Mm-hmm. It's just our own actions and our own... Like, we're just trying to work together or against each other and some people have good ideas, some people have bad ideas and it's just all a big mess mm-hmm. and it's doing pretty well considering... Now, if we were given, yeah. like, a... A user's manual and you know all this stuff <laughs> on how to make a society we probably yeah. wouldn't do it like this but we didn't we came from barbaric times in society well, and before and that we didn't have society we, we, yeah we and we create society we first. tried to make blueprints though and that's kind of where like religion formed too right and you know guidelines on morals and yeah. values and to try and keep people from it's just true. acting like animals right you know, yeah, and we, killing we each tried. other. And, but the craziest thing yeah. of all, though, is that we still created all those blueprints. 
So whether or not you believe in God yeah. is irrelevant to the fact that religion was created by human beings. Mm -hmm. So if there is or isn't, doesn't matter in this instance, saying that the blueprint that we follow was all people. Mm -hmm. But there's a number of different blueprints too, right? Well, like, so like, many, yeah. so many. And that's why, that's this whole thing is we're mm -hmm. all just trying to, and some people are trying to make the world worse. Mm -hmm. Some people are trying to make it better with all their might. Like they're do putting their, yeah. their heart and soul are making the world better. Some people say they want to, but aren't doing the work. Some people are doing nothing. Some people, like it's just, it's every kind of person you can imagine mm -hmm. out there. And yeah. we're all in it together, Spectrum. whether we like it or not. Nobody has to be born. You just have to deal with it or you or you leave. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and hopefully the good side will prevail yes. <laughs> eventually. That's my favorite quote yeah. at the moment is, is uh, good idea, or sorry, started that off. <laughs> Bad ideas cannot live in the company of good ideas indefinitely. Mm. It's just sometimes it takes a long time. So you need to be patient. Yeah. But the good ideas will always win out eventually. Sometimes it takes years mm -hmm. or... Just as long as it's not too late, right? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Sometimes it will be too late. Yeah. But if just from a philosophical Sometimes standpoint. Sometimes it takes it being too late for the really good ideas to come out too, right? Yeah. But who knows, you know, like with this environmental movement and everything else, right? Like they gave us, what, 11 years before catastrophic impact to the, to the environment or, or whatever else, right? And, yeah. But who knows once we actually get to that stage or that year... And like what kind of ideas will come forth on what we can do to maybe even figure out how to reverse things, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. All right, well, on that note, <laughs> that's a kind of positive, kind of negative note. I <laughs> uh, think that's it for today. Thanks for coming by. Do you hey. want to shout out your uh, Instagram page? I know you and Jay started that. Oh, that yeah. Page. We started a uh, motivational uh, Instagram for just the average everyday person on what they do to try and stay mo motivated, stay positive. It's called discover your motive. Check it out. Cool. Uh, I've already checked that out. It's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> All right. And yeah, check out uh, treeexploration.com for our trips coming up to Belize and Guyana, possibly Jamaica and a lot more content coming out talking about the, um, some travel stories, about some environmental movements going on, and a little bit about what we just touched on with how the world may not be as bad as everyone seems to think. So until next time, peace. Ciao.